Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, as always, Cody Frankel. we got a great interview today with former New York Ranger and current NHL media member, Brian Boyle. Unbelievable time talking to him, even though, Cody, you missed that one. Avery was on it with me. Avery is not here for the intro today, and for whatever reason, Cody and Avery don't get on at the same time anymore. I hate that like kid, honestly. He's, yeah, he's, I, don't, I don't know what's going on, but dude, he's uh, honestly, it's it's better <laughs> this way. I mean, he's just such a he's like a little gnat. It's better this way. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll keep it this way, but I'm sure uh, once the season kind of gets going, Kidding, the love three you, of us will be on together. Uh, but Cody, what's going on with you, man? I feel like we haven't talked in a, a couple dude, weeks. Here. Football Sunday, baby. That's that's all that needs to be going on. I'm I'm hyped. I'm freaking hyped i know the jets play tomorrow but well i guess today by the time this episode comes out but uh i'm pumped man and you know fantasy's in full swing and the grind is beginning before football does like fully kick off though did you get watching the u.s open like i i'm so upset that the u.s open's gonna be over like i have watched probably like 20 complete matches really and there's nothing like it man the u.s open's so fucking cool to be quite honest, I, I haven't watched one match. I, actually, that's, <laughs> not true. that's that's not true. I, I did not watch one? I watched one match. One match. I watched Which one? Uh the quarterfinals Alcaraz. It's a great sport. Uh I used to watch it a lot more mm-hmm. when I was younger. Um don't have time now, honestly. Just don't have time. But but I do want to try and watch the finals if I can. But football takes significant precedent. So all right, let me ask you a question, which is probably a dumb one. Who do you think the has a more successful season this year, the Jets or the Rangers? Why Why do you say that's a dumb one? Just because I feel like you think it'll be the right Jets. Now the Jets might be in a better position from what I mean. I, I don't really watch football that yeah. closely, so I don't know. Um, I feel like the Jets just seem like the, the obvious answer. The crazy part is they're both contenders, which is like I've never seen in my lifetime. Like uh-huh. it, it, you know, if if you want to allude to 2012, like yeah, the the Rangers were. Um, but the J and the Jets did make that AFC championship run, but they were never like, you know, nobody was like the Jets might win the Super Bowl. Like yeah. this year, I, I don't think people are going there yet because, you know, they haven't played a game with this squad. Um, but I think, you know, playoffs for sure should be a lock. Uh, as long as their O line holds up, you know, Rogers doesn't get hurt and things like that. And then you know, football, once you get into playoffs, I mean, anything can happen. It's it's one mm-hmm. game, do or die against any team. I, I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I, I think immediate thoughts would probably be the Jets slightly, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's as much as, like, you would assume. Like, I, I'm still very not out on the Rangers. It seems like a lot of people are. I, I'm, you know, their teams, teams fall short in the playoffs – all the time. Okay. Tampa got upset to Columbus as the one seed and then won the cup the next year. So it's like, you know, I, I don't think you can look at the Rangers just losing to the devils and, and say like, you know, people, a lot of people seem to be out on them and I'm not one of those people. So, um, so I will say slightly the jets, 
but wouldn't be surprised if if the Rangers have the better season. Well, as far as the roster goes, do the Jets have like more talented players than the Rangers do, or no? The Jets are stacked at every single position. It's it's actually insane. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar, kind of similar, but um, but I I would probably say yeah, just because they have so many. Super, I, I mean, the Rangers have a lot of superstars too, so I don't know. It's it's really hard to compare because football, their rosters like forty dudes more, so it's mm-hmm. it's not a fair comparison. Um, but if you're asking me who who I think will go farther, further. the Jets or the Giants, like the Jets, it's not yeah. even a question. And I actually like the Giants a lot. I really do. Um, I, you know, whenever the jets are out or whatever, I always will root for the giants. They're like probably the one New York team that I, I mean, I don't really care about the Mets that much, but like, they're the one New York team that I'm like cool rooting with too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think they're going to have a significant regression from last year. So, well, let's switch gears for just a second. And I want to ask you how incredible it felt this weekend, just to see the city packed again. Like, it, it really is crazy. I mean, I don't know if you saw it. Like, I was out yesterday just, like, walking around, and there it felt like there was, like, a million people around. Dude, it's it's never not been packed. What are you talking about? No, I feel like the summer – I've been here on the weekends in the summers, and there it doesn't seem like there's anything going on. Uh, I mean, maybe in Brooklyn. The difference from last – like, last Saturday to this Saturday in Brooklyn was actually – Well, yeah. Summer. Well, well, last Saturday – well, okay – Let's rewind because I think I guess Labor Day weekend. I, yeah, so I think if you're yeah. talking about one of the three holidays like M- MDW Labor Day or July Fourth, then yes, yeah, sure. But any other weekend in the city, like, dude, there people are around, man. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, but yes, the, yes, the city's definitely back in full swing, and I cannot wait for fall because fall is my mm. favorite out of anything. You got yeah. pumpkin season. You got <laughs> that's what you could lead it off with. Yeah, you got football, <laughs> and you know you got. Thanksgiving, I guess, is technically part of fall too. So yeah, no, it's definitely part of fall, not yeah. technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I don't really got much to talk about. Dude. And flannel season. Yeah, flannel season is hype. Actually, do you have anything to talk about, or should we just send it over to Brian Boyle? Well, I think the one thing we should talk about is the season starts October 11th. The NHL season or yeah. the Rangers? Yeah, NHL. Rangers are the 12th, but the NHL. Ran- yes, Rangers no. are the 12th. So going into this season, consider a successful season for the New York Rangers. Like just regular season or are you obviously saying playoffs too? I'm talking about, no, because regular season, as, as much as we want it to matter, it doesn't matter. They're going to get in the playoffs and then from there, that's what matters. We saw that firsthand last season. So like, you know, full on season, like what do you consider as a successful season for the Rangers? And then, you know, if it's not a successful season, what do you think their next steps from here should be? If they don't make the playoffs, that's a huge fucking issue in itself. There's no way they're not making playoffs. There's I, just no dude, way. Dude, it's possible. The East is strong. There's it's, no way. There's absolutely possible. no way. Um, I mean, I don't think they won't, but I definitely think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. Whereas last year, last year I did not think it was possible. But uh, I think they have to get to the conference final for it to be a successful season. But with that said, I think it could still be a successful season if they don't get there just based on how, like, Kako and Lafreniere perform. Okay. Like, let's say both those guys put up, like, you know, 50, 60 points, and this team loses in the second round. I, I'd say that's a successful season. I would. So if that happens, when do you put a cut mandate on this team? Or do you I think, think the there's a cut mandate on. on this team? This I think the cut mandate's on, for yeah. sure. Agreed. But, Agreed. but the expectation and like what you call a successful season, I still think is different. 
Okay. I, I like, like I, I still think there are, you know, plenty of teams that have success that don't win the cup. Like last year, Florida, you know, that's a successful season for Florida. Very. Yeah. But Florida was Florida made the playoffs on the last game of the season and they were never supposed to, you know, they, no, they but, were underwhelming all season long. And then, and, and the funny thing is I said this to you, the president's just, trophy the year before. Well, that's like, what I said to you the very beginning you know? of the season. I said, dude, watch it like throughout the season. I said, watch out for Florida. Cause if they get hot, they have the most high powered offense in the league behind the Bruins and they're a sneaky good team. But I think like, I'm trying to, you know, the devils last year, successful season. Yeah. You know, but it's all about the hype and the expectation, but I think, you know, Rangers are definitely in a cup or bust mode right now, but I don't like think it, there's that much pressure this year. Like next year, I would say has way more uh, value or stock, I think, for the 2024, 25 season. Like that should be the year where like it has to be now. Yeah. I, I, but, I don't know, man. I, I kind of think a lot of pressure's on them this season. They just hired a new coach. Sure, like, they're sure. hiring this guy to take them to the next level to win. They're not hiring him to like ease in for a year. Like they're straight up that Laviolette signing was strictly because they feel this team can win the cup and they want them to win the cup this year. And if they, you know, if they wanted them to ease into it and give it a year and then go for it next year, they would have hired Jay Leach or, um, or Hartford. Yeah. Because dude, it's another year of development. Okay. Hire a development coach who grows Kako and laugh. And from there they move on. Right. So I, I don't know. As far as like easing into it, I still think it's going to take 20 games for like Laviolette. You know, they're, they're going to ease into this season too. It's not like yeah. it's full throttle right from the jump. Like there's going to be a lot of adjustments that need to be made and, you know, a lot of combinations that they're going to try out and whatnot. And it's not like it's, uh, you know, if they don't win this year, it's over. You know, I, yeah. I think in, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm 99% sure the Rangers missed the playoffs the year before they won the cup in 94. They did. So, you know, and Vegas missed the playoffs last year. So like, yeah, it, it's, it's just so weird how this shit all works. You know, it's, it's wild how teams yeah. go on these runs. I, I mean, I mean, you know, you think about it, right. But it's like, it's really, you know, 60% skill, 15% goaltending and like 30% luck. And I don't know if that adds up or <laughs> what but, the fuck was that? <laughs> but um dude, think about it. It's 60% your roster and your talent and then uh, it's like 30% luck and then I guess 10%. Where are you coming up with this shit? Do, you don't think playoffs are a significant amount of like puck luck and things like that? Like you don't think that? I cuz I do. I don't know. I, I don't that, fully that, agree, but I, I see what you're I, saying. Listen, I see what you're saying. skill takes a significant amount, and it is a major part of winning a cup, right? But I also think mm -hmm. you there's a good amount of luck that has to go your way, and things have to go perfectly. I'd say there's maybe like two instances on a playoff run where like it, it, there's luck that happens. Maybe maybe twice. Okay, and, and both of those can be in game sevens, and if they didn't go your way, you're out. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, true. yeah, I guess there's no rebuttal to that to that argument. Yeah, but it's true. It's hilarious how you said it. Um, yeah, because I said 105, yeah. percent but that's fine. Yeah, I got nothing. Um, I think the fans want to hear from Brian Boyle. All right, let's send it over to Brian Boyle. Hope you guys enjoy it. He's the fucking man. So enjoy listening. This week on the Blue Crew, we are very pumped to welcome on someone that I was lucky enough to meet during the Stanley Cup final, but a huge fan. Growing up watching the Rangers, he spent five years 
with the New York Rangers. Now he's a father of five, recently twins. So congrats on that. Welcome to the show, number 22, Brian Boyle. We're just going to call you Boiler. How's it going? Perfect. It's going good. A couple of uh, crazy days the last week or so, but it's been, it's been really, really good. It's a lot of... It's a little bit less sleep, but a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, you got a full starting lineup now in the house, huh? Squad, yeah. I need a goalie, but I don't want one. So I don't want to be <laughs> a goalie. They're crazy. So but I imagine your summer has been pretty nuts. Now that the kids are born, everyone's healthy. What do you got planned before the season gets going here? Uh, well, so like my hero season starts tomorrow or Saturday. It's like we've had practice the last two weeks and – they went to school this week, which is great. Uh, they weren't as thrilled, but uh, it's been a good first week for them in school. Now we get, you know, two six-pound babies we got to <laughs> keep a close eye on, but probably keep more of a close eye on our 20-month-old who uh, is a kind of, kind of a weapon running around the house like a maniac, uh, trying to get trying to get his hands on them, giving them a hug. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be going down to Secaucus a little bit, doing some stuff with uh, the NHL Network, probably in October. Though I think I have all of September off to kind of get settled in with a new a new crew of five. Listen, you're definitely giving yourself a chance to produce some uh, future NHLers there with five. <laughs> I mean, the Boyle family. You guys have to rent out probably ballrooms when you have family reunions. How many family members you got right now? I have no idea. I mean, a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So, no, but so uh, Isla and Killian are 27 and 28 uh, grandkids from my parents. So they're number 27 and 28. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a complete gong show. Uh, you know, and mo- pretty, you know, all the grandkids anyways, if they're not in school or, but they're pretty local. So within like three or four towns of each other. And, you know, it's been, um, it, it was cool last year being around for more holidays and stuff. Obviously, I'd rather be playing, but seeing like my kids interact with their cousins and stuff was was pretty pretty fun. And, and they're just going to keep doing that. They're going to grow up. And you know, I have cousins that have gra- or, uh, nieces and nephews that have graduated college already. And then we got you know the newborns running around. So it's it's there's never a dull moment, I guess you could say. That's awesome. I don't really have a big family myself, but uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure it's chaotic. But I do got to say one thing before we just kind of continue this interview. And I'd be doing my mom uh, injustice if I didn't say it. Out of every New York Ranger, I'm 27 years old, so I've been watching the Rangers for probably like 22 years of my life. She has the biggest crush on you out of anyone who's ever put the uniform on. So, uh, how does that make you feel that you're over Hank in my mom's uh, man crush ranking? Hank's overrated, anyways. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm flattered. Tell your mother thank you very much. Yeah. She uh, watched HBO 24-7 probably like twice every episode that it came on, especially the one with uh, your family that you just mentioned. I think you had that big party on on uh, HBO, right? Yeah, we actually yeah, we went to our sister's house, and she has eight kids. Um, so they don't ever want to hear me complain, but we went there. <laughs> There's probably like 10 or 12 more beaten hearts running around now than there used to be even since that since that year. Like, was that 10, 10 years ago maybe or 11 years, maybe longer? I think it was 2012, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it over geez, a decade ago. Man. Yeah. Time flies. But I got to mention one of my favorite parts from that. It might be your least favorite part from that whole series. You know, you got a big family. I'm sure they're all sitting around watching it at night together. And the part where Torch comes on and, and rips you guys and goes, With Kessel. And if you have a chance, finish him. He's a good player. But don't shit your pants on him. Hey, don't play off of him. We got to still try to take time and space from him. 
And more importantly, it's the players away from the puck. Brian Boyle, we've done that fucking coverage all fucking year long. Get that fucking mic on, you can't fucking think straight. Brian Boyle, we've done the same fucking D-zone coverage all year long. You got a microphone on, you can't think straight. What was the family group text like after that came on HBO? Because I imagine it's pretty funny. Hysterical. My dad. <laughs> I actually, so we skated. You know, they filmed that, and it, you get past it weeks later, it, it airs or whatever it was. And, and um, we're skating around, doing like the Indy 500 before the practice starts. And I just grabbed him. I was like, towards, like, <laughs> did you watch the episode? He goes, yeah, I did. And he, <laughs> I think he thought I was going to come at him with something. And I was like, my old man could not stop laughing <laughs> when you teed me up. And I'm sure, I don't know, I mean – you probably hear this and it's almost cliche at this point, but I think kids kind of might grow up a little different. Like I'm one of 13. I've been teed up quite a few times in my life by whether it's a teacher, a parent or a coach. So, and the funniest part was like, he was right. I'm like, yeah, I can't, I'm I'm a moron. I I don't know why. And it was Kessel. Kessel like pulled up at the blue line. We're playing Toronto and I couldn't, I just, I just didn't do, I just was like a five-year-old. I'm like, Oh, there's the puck. I'm going to go at it. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, they pass it right by me, and right when they did, I'm like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get yelled at for that. <laughs> and then Hank bailed me out as he did uh, a lot, and so you know, no harm done, but it, it uh, provided some pretty good content. Tort, don't let Torts fool you. He loves the media, loves mm-hmm. it, loves the camera. I'm gonna go on record saying that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I was, I bet you there's a ton of more moments that didn't make the cut, but uh, I'm assuming Torts always like to tee guys up like that. You know what he didn't. I don't think he wanted to go at guys, but if he yeah. gave you a chance and then he spoke with you and then, you know, your leash would get a little shorter. And that's just kind of how he ran everything. And if you gave him a lot of good games or a lot of good minutes in a row and then the game started to slip, he'd let you know kind of, you know, hard right away. Like, don't let this happen. Then he'd leave you alone to let you work it out. You might not play perfect, but like the whole misconception, you see him screaming. It was just like, you know, 20 guys, 23 guys, at some point, somebody's been going to go through a rough stretch and he's going to either try and prevent that by getting in their ear early or he's going to try and scream at you to get mad at him and will you to do something good. So he, that's just how he did things. I, I really loved it. I mean, he made me an NHL player mm-hmm. and uh, still have a really good relationship with him. Yeah, we're talking behind-the-scenes moments, and this is one viral video that I had to ask about. <laughs> It involves Brandon Dubinsky. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm going to ask about. You guys got into a little scuffle in a practice one time. It went viral. And I just need to know what happened there. So I think – so that was like an optional practice. I remember this clearly. And um, Optional? Like like player optional? (laughs) Yeah. And I was – I think that was my first year there. So I was playing like 14 seconds a night. And I was like, all right, I got to get the reps. And Doobie was coming back from a broken hand. And my problem wasn't really with Doobie. It was with a couple other guys on the team. And um, it was just kind of boiling over. It was getting to the point where I was obviously not playing great, didn't have a good first year there, and really trying to figure out who I was as a player. And it was just – it's frustrating. You go through that. And Doobie was kind of poking me a little bit, like joking around, because me and Doobie were close. We still are. So I whack his stick. Like that was the last like breaking point. And I was just like, the next guy that touches me, I'm gonna lose my, I'm gonna lose my shit here. And and obviously Doobie's not gonna let me slash the stick, so we kind of get into it. And I have him like held out where I could just start 
kind of giving it to him. But he has he had a broken hand, so I'm like, not <laughs> fight. Like, if you try to punch me, you're gonna break your hand again. And he, we need you to play. Like, he's a really good player for us. <laughs> and then, uh, but then he hit me, and then I was like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna maybe go. And I was just like, what the hell's he doing? And then Voros came in, and I really kind of wanted to fight him. Yeah. Um, so then I really kind of lost my shit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there was other times, too. Like, I I remember doing something in practice that I got yelled at for it by, like, Jim Schoenfeld, who I also I love. I love Shoney. And I remember I see Callie do it a lot in practice. It was just it was just playing hard. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. And Shoney yells at me, and someone else yells at me. I just turned to Shoney, and I screamed at the, I'm like, pointed at Callie, and I go, your golden boy does it every single time. Uh. <laughs> He can't do anything wrong, Kenny. So Shoney starts laughing. Kelly's like, "What? Why did I get the ricochet shot?" And uh, and then I just I like skated off the ice. And our team was so close that they just kind of knew how I operated, and they were just like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't." Just needed a sec there. Sorry, guys. Wires <laughs> you, know, you know, everything was fine right after. And me and Doobie, I was like, "Doobie, why are you giving me shit when I'm trying to like?" He was. He goes. Don't take it so seriously. I'm trying to like calm you down. It was great. He was like, "I'm on your side. Like, I want you to play well." And I'm like, "Well, don't break your hand again on my helmet, you dummy." Mm. And <laughs> but it was. It was a funny. Uh, I remember seeing that. That pops up once in a while on social media. And yeah, I'm not like, that last week. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize what actually happened. Yeah. People don't realize what I really could have done and wanted to do, and I kind of controlled myself. Thank God. <laughs> well, it looked like a dad holding his kid. Like, you were so much taller than him, and he could barely get a punch on you because he was, like, reaching over, and you're grabbing him. So he's a he's a really, really tough kid, too. And oh, yeah. He could throw both ways, but I was just – there were times where if I got mad enough, like, like yeah, I, I don't know. I was, <laughs> I was just going to start killing someone. But I didn't. I kind of – I kept it in check. All-time mm. video. I'm curious to ask, you know, obviously you said you were t- tight with Doobie when you played here. Like, where were you living? Who were you living with? Like, guys you hung out with away from the ring? Because you were, you know, pretty young during your time in New York. So I imagine you had a good social life years here before you locked down with five kids now. Yeah. I met my wife there. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny, you know, Michael Delzato, congrats to him on his career. Me and him lived together our first year in New York. And uh, we were on the Upper West Side. And then we lived in different apartments on the Upper West Side. The next year, I was in a building with Stepan and Eminger. And he was like a block over. Um, but he had uh, met a girl who was friends with my wife and, uh, or had known my wife and we had gotten together a couple times and, you know, that's just how I kind of met my, my current wife now in, in New York. But we didn't, we ran into each other a couple times that year. And then the following year, uh, my wife and I started dating. It was, uh, so Mike, Mike was the match matchmaker there. Where was the first date? What's a first date like with Brian Boyle? Got to hear that one. Oh, geez, man. Don't. <laughs> We were like the relationship on the spot. (laughs) I haven't slept in like a week, but, um, so we, we'd hung out a couple times. It wasn't, we weren't like, it wasn't just her and I going for a date. We actually met like hung out the first time we were at like the St. Paul's church on, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was on right by Fordham on maybe ninth Avenue. Uh, and then we grabbed a bite or we grabbed some pizza after that. Um, then we went bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't do any better than that, huh? <laughs> well, it's like, you know, if you're good, it's kind of like, hey, I'm good at bowling. Who really gives yeah. a shit? But if I'm you're terrible like me, it's kind of self-deprecating and you can kind of, you know, I don't know. 
So it kind of all happened organically, I guess. Yeah. We're actually a dating podcast now. So we're just going to dive into the relationship. I don't know how to date or speak to, I mean, I just do what I'm told around here and we, we, yeah, she's, you know, she's on the men. Hopefully we can get out for a date her and I at one point soon. Mm -hmm. Being a, being a ranger in the city is obviously something that, you know, you get recognized all the time, but being someone of your height, you probably got recognized a lot more. No. Yeah, you know, Mr. Dolan knew who I was, which I thought was a weird one. <laughs> there you uh, go. You know, it was cool when we went on, like, playoff runs and stuff, and you'd be walking on an off day to grab uh, dinner or grab a, even whatever during the day. Like, I remember fire trucks would go by and beeping the horn and, uh, you know, getting their siren going and pointing at me. You know, the, the city, you felt the city behind you, which was unbelievable. Like, a place that big, you blend in easy, and you don't really think, people give a shit but when you start winning they love it yeah i mean speaking of that like i wanted to bring up your 2012 series against ottawa i mean you scored in the first three games i think i actually like you know that was back when facebook was a thing i think i made a facebook status calling you Boyle gretzky but you know <laughs> talk about that series you know you were in the mix in every single aspect of the game right like you know matt karkner we can get into that in a bit because he was actually my neighbor when he played for the islanders and when I first met him, I asked him about when he jumped you. And I was like a 14-year-old kid. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, can you just talk about that 2012 run, starting with the Ottawa series? Because you were on fire, like, in every aspect of the game. That was the best hockey, for sure, I'd played at that point. And um, I don't know what it was, but the year before, I had a really good year. And then that playoff, I, I didn't have any points, and we lost in five to Washington the year before. I had like 25 shots on net in five games. Like I, that was like, I was like the playoffs are all I cared about. And the next year, you know, we signed Richie. We had, it was kind of a different thing. I was really more defensive. And, uh, but the, and I had like four or five goals and I wasn't like worried about the goals really, but it was kind of to the point where I'm like, I should have at least 15 goals right now. I was getting <laughs> chances. It mm -hmm. just didn't make sense. And, you know, you hear it, it was like, oh, one year you got 20, it's a fluke, he's never going to score a goal again. And I was just kind of like, I let that kind of get to me. And then, up, like, after the trade deadline, we kind of got our team settled, we had lines, I was like, I'm going to go off. And then I think it was like five goals in my last, whatever, nine games and during the regular season, we were trying to get the President's Trophy. And then that series started, and I was just like, I don't care who you are, I'm going to try to run you through anything the first period of game one and it turned out like i really started pissing some people off i like i was like chris neil i'm going after you i'm going after you, I'm going after you. and i kind of ran him a few times pretty hard and that guy like i got a lot of respect for him he is sick tough like crazy so tough because i got him a few times real good and i was like he's not getting up and he's mm -hmm. buzzing around running guys and so i got a couple goals um and then there was a play that happened in game one where Prusty had two guys on him behind the net and Carlson wouldn't let me get to him. He was like pushing me off. And so Presty's getting two on one and that guy had everyone's back, especially mine, like for the two years that we played together. So I'm like two plus years anyway. So I'm like, I couldn't do anything to get around like Carlson because the net was there and the goalie was there. So I just kind of pulled his hair a little bit and gave him a nuggie. And I remember it was that. just kind of like, you know, beat it. You little guy. I was just wanted to get in there and help Presty because I think it was like Phillips and somebody else who was fairly big. And um, they didn't like that. And then so Gilroy's on the other team and 
you know, he had played with us in mm-hmm. New York before that. <clears throat> and he's just like, just be ready. And I text message. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I see Cockner warming up. I'm like, this guy can't play. You know, he's terrible. And he's just yelling at me. Kanopka's yelling at me. He could play, but he was tough. And he's yelling at me. And I'm like, easy not for like, but a lot of respect for him. And then Karkner just grabs me and suckers me. So I go down and I'm like, I'm not going to fight Karkner. I'm feeling it right now. I'm buzzing. I'm scoring goals. And uh, later in that game, I ended up scoring. But then Neil put me like into outer space with a hit. His helmet got me right in the jaw in game five. And I was noodles. Like he, he knocked me to clean out. I don't remember that game at all. The whole game, oh, really? I got hit in the third period. Yeah. Holy shit. He crushed me. I've never been hit like that in my life. Yeah, that Before guy was in the house. Yeah, he was. he's nails. Mm-hmm. But Karkner, I mean, like, he couldn't play. He just was going to try and knock me out. And, look, they made it a seven-game series. Like, yeah. McLean's a good coach. He knew what he was doing. And, and uh, they, they shouldn't have been – it shouldn't have been a seven-game series. We were clearly a much better team. But they uh, they did what they could, which is why playoff hockey is, like, so electric. People talk about that series all the time. Yeah, that series is like my intro to playoff hockey. I mean, that was I, I think I'd been to one playoff game before that. I went like in 08 to game one against the Devils or something. And, you know, I just remember like, you know, first time Madison Square Garden playoff hockey. And that was a time, too, where I think the Ranger fans started like that Alfie sucks chant when the 11 minute mark came on the clock, too. Cause yeah, because Ottawa, Ottawa did it up there for him. Yeah. Dude, Carl Haglin got suspended for hitting him. That was a joke. <laughs> they, they re, I mean, they really they they botched that. They botched a few things in that series. For I sure. mean, yeah, that that whole run though. You know, obviously the second round against Washington, you guys kind of exercised the demon from the year before, and then we all know what happens in the conference final. But awesome. can you talk about just being a young guy in New York and like going through a playoff run and what it does to your social life and just. I guess the pressure you feel from New York fans, because now, you know, we're talking about a city that's fucking starving for a championship. It's been over a decade and the Ranger players right now can somewhat start to feel that from the fans. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you've seen Ranger fans now that you're in the media as well. And, you know, it's not an easy place to play. So if you can just touch on that run a little bit and, and what it means to, to play here and something like that. I mean, look, there's there's no easy game in the league. And you could I mean, it's hard to play well in Arizona. If, if you're going to ask me, like, uh, you know, or wherever, where, or, you know, Anaheim, wherever. It's NHL teams are playing against NHL teams. So the stuff outside, the noise, like, you kind of ignore it until you need it. And that's what we did pretty well when we were, you know, those five years I was there, you know, four of them anyway. And we, you know, we hear it. We got used to it. We knew it was like, you know, have a couple bad games in a row. Like, oh, what are they going to write about today? It's like, you know, it's coming. And we did a really good job of being like, yeah, it's, you know, it's in here. Like, can you look at your teammate and be like, I gave you everything? Can your coach come in and be like, you're doing what I'm asking you to do? Yeah, you'll get out of it that way. That's kind of how we focused on it. And then when we needed defense, like in those playoff games, that game seven, mm-hmm. right, against Ottawa, the place was electric. And then we get a goal from like Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl, I think, scored. I don't know. Who, I know yeah. Dan, I think Danny G definitely scored. I forget. I thought Stahl's got the other one, but I could be wrong. But we went 2 nothing or something. It was like, mm-hmm. It came from everybody. We used the fans when it was going. And then, like, as <laughs> I know this sounds probably boring, but as the playoffs go on, it's like either game day or you're resting. Like, you're not like, oh, what are we doing tonight? Where are we going? If you win a series in four or five games, which we never did, <laughs> we might have a couple nights off, but we didn't do that. So it was just kind of like, 
just the boys. Like we're doing this, playing cards. We're team dinner before games. Every home man away, everybody's there. Even like Black Aces were there. Like we we brought all the boys together, and and the team was when they say first class. Like there's 40 guys at dinner, 35 mm-hmm. guys at dinner, and they're paying for it for the play, in the playoffs. Like it's it's top top notch stuff. So we're all like, let's take advantage of this because this team's not going to be the same next year, no matter what happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you kind of mentioned a little bit how rain you guys just were never able to really close out a series early. Was that just something that that I always struggle with as like a Ranger fan, not understanding how that goes down? Uh, <laughs> is it just like the ebbs and flows kind of thing? Or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to phrase this question because it's so hard to ask. But at the same time, it's like, no, know, it's right there. Like I mean, it. yeah, it's true. Like, but we when we were our best, like even that when we went to the cup finals, like our leading score had 60 points. Yeah. We were by committee, right? So it was like everything we did was by committee. So every game, there weren't any blowouts really. You know, um, that one year we beat Wash was like we won 5 nothing. Uh, it's a tight game in the first, a couple goals go in, and then we blew it open in the, th- in the second and the third. But I was like, well, geez, where was that? Well, let's bring it into the next game. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, we were such a team built on like intensity and details like that that if we let up a tiny tiny bit our whole game went to shit and you know that was a great way to win games and get in the playoffs and, and even win playoff series but you know that that one year we went to the, we lost to jersey it was kind of like we ran out of gas like we yeah. had like jersey was if you dumped it in too soft they knocked it down if you dumped it in too hard marty would stop it and break them out we just couldn't get it going and then our d zone we collapsed so much that we just we kind of backskated ourselves into a, a tough series, which we lost a couple overtime games, and, and you know, that's the way she goes. But um, we, we got to, the, you know, we were one of four teams left, and it's really hard to win. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't know why, like, like, we had game breakers. We had Nasher. We had Marion Gabrick. You know, we had uh, we got Marty um, and obviously Hank. But we were built, we were built from Hank out. And uh, if our details weren't absolutely perfect, it was tough. It's such a narrative now amongst Ranger fans, like especially the last two seasons, because, you know, obviously you played against them last year up mm-hmm. to nothing against Tampa. They blow that lead up to nothing this year against Jersey. They blow that lead. They just for whatever reason, you know, you've been a part of it, too, where Rangers just can't put teams away. I know there was one series against Pitt back in like 2016 where Haglin had that like game five overtime winner. But, you know, for whatever reason, that is a narrative now and it's annoying to talk about. But uh, just rewinding a little bit back to 2014 we've had a lot of guys on here from those teams and those runs but something we've actually never asked was being in the room when everything went down with marty st louis and and that comeback and just how special that was you know in regard to the run can you talk about just like that moment and like being down three to one in that series and just rallying around st louis because we haven't really heard you know firsthand that story and, and that vibe well, you know, thank the schedulers for putting us in Philly in back-to-back game six and seven. Uh, and then game one was like two nights later. So we played six games in nine nights. We snuck out game one against Pitt, thank God, because we would have got swept. We didn't really have much, and we didn't play our best. And then we lost three in a row because we had nothing. We were exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then we had a couple days. But as we land, our plane touches down. Marty gets the phone call. And it was like, you know, it's a scene that, you know, I don't really want to talk about too much. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. We all heard it, and we're all sitting there, and we're like, holy shit. And, you know, your focus shifts from being down 3-1. It's like, oh, man, like, we just lost 3-0. Are we going to get, like, 
you know, embarrassed here. And uh, it shifts to like, gee, all right, what are we going to do? And we all like went to the hotel. We checked in. We kind of tried to figure out what was going on. And Marty, I don't know if he got off the plane. The plane took him right to Montreal, which like, again, what teams do that? Like, oh, yeah, take our plane. We'll go right, right now. And then, you know, so we go in on uh, game day because we had a couple days. And we we're just getting out of the city. We go in on game day. I was on an early bus or I might have taken a cab. And I walk in because I think it was in the afternoon. And, and I, uh, Marty's getting out of the shower. And I'm like. I, I no one expected him to be there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he puts a towel on, he gives him a hug. It's kind of a weird hug. I'm six, six, he's five, two. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I, I can't believe you're here. I'm yeah. so sorry. And he's like, thank you so much. Ball. He's like, I got to play. She would want me to play. She would want me to play. And, you know, we win game five to give ourselves some, some life game six on mother's day. He scores a goal off his pants. Like guy scored so many beautiful goals and, you know, he just goes to the net because he probably took every ounce of energy just to go. He's like, might as well just stand here and hit some, goes in. You know, and then we go back, we have a game seven, we win it. And it's kind of like, what just happened? Like, we mm-hmm. just, it was the coolest thing seeing him score that goal, like hearing the garden. Like, we all kind of went home after, and I'm like watching the replay, listening to, I think it was Kenny Albert. I forget yeah. who was on the call on uh, NBC. It was just like, it was surreal. It was like storybook stuff. We were just like, we got it. Like we're gonna, we're gonna win the cup. And that's like the belief you have to have. Yeah. Damn, I got chills there yeah. because that Marty St. Louis goal. He practiced that in warm ups. I'm sure you you've seen it a million times. He would practice that shot every single time. Like well, that was the Montreal one. Oh, the Montreal. Oh, you're talking about Montreal. Montreal. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to talk about that one too, because like, why was he still in the far circle when the fuck was going on? <laughs> Lazy <Yeah>. backjack. <laughs> it just... But he he had a brain like that. He he trusts like because he's playing with Hags. Hags knew him too, and Hags was so good defensively, and he could get back to disrupt anything. So Marty could take that chance. And you know, we didn't have Marty when we had Torts, but like, no one really kind of did that. That's like a. Because again, everyone would be like, "Well, what if this doesn't work out?" Marty's like, "It's going to work out," and he gets it. And if you watch that, you can watch that a thousand times. I don't know how it went in. I don't know what hole it went through. I don't know the angle. How it, passed. it didn't make. Yeah, it was like that was magic. And it was it honestly, in, we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Outside the dot. It was one of the only moments, and I've been to a ton of Rangers games. It was one of the only moments where it felt like time just stopped because he was mm-hmm. all alone. So yeah. time just stopped and everybody got up at once because it was just one of those moments where it was like, this is it. And it, 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 it was went, meant for like a Disney yeah, it wasn't easy, but it looked almost like easy. Like, we didn't get yeah. goals like that. We didn't win games like that. And it was just like, oh, give it to the Hall of Famer. He's just going to snipe one, bar down, and we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get out of here. Like, And I was like, well, that was better. Thank God we got this guy. <laughs> so so crazy. Speaking Although, of goals, um, Dom Moore scored probably my favorite goal in Rangers history just because that, that whole series, that moment, going to the Stanley Cup as a fan was one of the greatest things ever for me. And uh, – they teach you growing up in hockey not to make blind passes. Is that a blind <laughs> pass to the front of the net, or you you knew Dom was going to be there? Well, watch it again. Tell me it was a blind pass. They <laughs> asked me this. The morons in Toronto asked me that too. Did you see? Uh, did you see shoulder check in there? Because we scored a double overtime goal. Oh, that play! That play was nasty, dude. That play was did sick. Capitan, see Capitan in there, and I'm like, did I not put it right on his stick? Uh-huh. Like the one with Dom, I knew where he was, and I had to get it to him. 
the best part of that play was Dom settling that puck because it was an absolute grenade. Heater. But I had to catch it on my backhand. I knew where he was, and I had to pass it hard because I didn't want it to get blocked. And it kind of went up on edge because the guard nice is so great. But it went up on edge, and he knocks it down. It was like this high off the ice, rolling, and he knocks it down and buried it. So, like, the pass might have looked nice, but it was an absolute grenade. And he buried. It was awesome. Yeah, no, it was one of those things when the puck ri- – I, I know you saw him. I was just messing with you. The, 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 puck, the puck rims around, and you can see your head turn for a second. You you knew where he was. Well, I get, like, one assist every 19 games. So the ones that I actually made sure I tried on, I had to make sure that people know that, uh, yeah, I saw him. Well, that Casper Kapanen assist was so fucking – I actually – I'll never forget where I was. I was at the baseball tavern in Boston watching that no game. Way. Jimmy yeah. Rooney. He owns watching that, that game. And, uh, yeah, that was so fucking sick. <laughs> that pass. That was fun. But, yeah. yeah, and I think, I don't know who, somebody slashed John Carlson's stick out of his hands. So I'm just like, huh, why is he wide open? And I just, like, kind of laid it there and went yeah. in. Again, it was like, huh, I should have done that a while ago. That was so much easier. We had an <laughs> offensive zone start for the first time, I think, in the 30 games I was in Toronto. And I was kind of like, are they sure we're staying out? And then it ended up working. Matt Martin was a savage on that shift, too. That was fun. He's a great guy. I actually just worked his camp like two weeks ago. I got to know him pretty well. He's a, oh, he's a man. But just one more thing in the, the 2014 run. I feel like we got to ask this question to everyone who comes on from that team. Had you had won the cup, you're in New York City, where would you have wanted to bring it? Like we see teams now, like Vegas went to Omnia. You know, they partied with it till like 4 a.m. in Vegas this past year. You know, where, where would you have taken it in New York City had you won that night? Uh, we did that one Oak and Avenue a little bit back then. That was a cool spot. I would have tried to get it on a plane to Orlando because if we won, it would have had to be in seven, obviously, knowing us. And I was getting <laughs> married. I was getting married two days later because no I way. the cup ended on on like the tenth. But they were like, "No, the last game seven's on the 18th. I'm like, "Well, I'm getting married in Orlando." <laughs> and my rehearsal, my rehearsal is on the 19th. <laughs> um, so. But I didn't, we were freaking out at all. Like my wife might have been, but my whole family was in Orlando while I was playing like game five in LA. No way. Yeah. And I was like, they're like, what, where, what's going on? And I'm like, uh, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta keep playing here. Hopefully, no one notices. I'm yeah. not at my own wedding. That's, That's insane. <laughs> yeah. At least they were all together, though. You scored that nasty goal in game five, that, that shorty, like the, the fake yeah. shot, like little curl snip on jonathan quick how many yeah, times you watch that replay so i'm working with the eight-year-olds on like throwing it out to the backhand or faking a shot and pushing it and i've only shown my son so far and i'm like yeah just what i'm talking about check this out <laughs> and he's like what was that and i was like in my you know i got this awful beard and the hair and i missed the hair but um I'm like, that's what I'm talking about when you push. He goes, who's that guy? Who's that guy? And then he asks a million other Who else was on your team? Show me more highlights from other guys. I'm like, I don't really have any highlights for me, but we can watch some other highlights. Well, when, uh, Hag, when Hags retired, uh, I pulled up the clip of you making the pass on the shorty to his breakaway. That was an, mm-hmm. another stand-up Rangers moment where everything felt like time shut down, and that was what a goal that was. Same so game, I, I think. Even, I didn't even think to look. But Mac Truck gets the puck and gives it to me. And I'm about to send it. And I honest to God, I heard this one time about using the guard. We used the fans. They started screaming. Like I could hear the crowd kind of start. <laughs> so I'm like, what? And as I'm trying to like ice it, I passed like a 200 mile an hour puck to Hags on his backhand. The fact that he caught that pass too was like insane, crazy. 
I'm like, what the hell is he doing way up there? And I hit, because we're on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. And I hit him with it. I was like, holy shit, man. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice move. Why were you up there? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a, a favorite garden goal that you were a part of? I mean, probably the Don Moore one I would feel like stands out the most, but. That was a big one, right? Because we win that game and go to the cup. Um, yeah, that one was. Uh, that's got to be one of them. I mean, there was one that Dom scored unassisted that was pretty funny in that Philly series. I they put that. Hal Gill in, and he kind of his partner kind of put it in his skates, and Dom went in and scored, and then Dom celebrated, and he jumps, and he fucking cleans me out, and I'm like, there's a picture in like the paper of me like <laughs> parallel the ice, and him. I was like, you should see the celebration. We're getting back. I'm like. So angry. It's like game seven. I'm mad yeah. at Dom for just running me over after scoring. Looking back now, it's like it's a fond memory. But he I actually – I think that was the same game I remember. I think there was there was one game that year. You put home an empty netter and, like, sellied on it. And it was actually, I did. It was, was kind of sick. Game. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like yeah. – goals were hard to come by with AV. Yeah. I, I couldn't – I wasn't allowed to cross the red line. And – uh so we, 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 you know, that made it two nothing in game seven. And I was like, we just put him away. And, uh, the night before we kind of got pumped and Adam Hall was kind of playing, trying to play his role. He kind of picked a fight with me and I kind of beat him up pretty decent. And we, uh, I was just like from that moment, so jacked up about game seven. And then like, yeah, I sellied an empty neck. That was, <laughs> like, that was something that I did. I'm not like proud of it, but I was like, Pumping the crowd up, screaming at him. <laughs> Do you get shit out in the locker room for that one or no? No, I think just because of like our role and what we were doing, and I'm like, we just want a series. Like you're allowed to celebrate yeah. when you win a series. So, I mean, I I try to tone down the celebrations with my kids because I never really celebrated that much. And empty mm-hmm. <laughs> netter, that's a tough look. <laughs> uh, I want to go in a little bit. You know, now the following year, right? You sign with Tampa. Yeah play against the Rangers in the conference final. We got to ask, what's that like? And I think, you know, for Avery and I just, I don't want to speak for you, but we were, you know, I think 18, 19 at the time, like this is like peak Ranger fandom for us. And I still think for me, at least that Tampa series hurts way more than losing in the cup final to the Kings the year before. That was a wild series. Cause like we'd win a game and then we'd get blown out. Like the Rangers team was so good. They, they blow us out. So they probably felt like they had us. Um, it was really weird. It was really hard. Uh, I wanted to be a ranger and I didn't really get an offer. Um, you know, I think, I don't know if there was a disconnect on term or how many years, uh, but I never really got a real offer. So I was like, I guess I got to go to free agency in Tampa call, but that was, which was cool. Um, so game one, I missed cause I had to get an injection in my back. So I flew, I missed game one and they tried to play, couldn't do it, flew down, got an injection, flew back, played game two, flew down that night with the doctors, got in at 3 a.m., 7 a.m., woke up, took my wife to the hospital. We had our son, our oldest. So the next night we played. So I don't really remember the games and how they all went. I remember Dom scored on us in game one, like off his shaft. We lost that game. Then we won game two. I mean, then it was just like, I wasn't much of a help for our team. I was kind of just laboring, but it was, uh, 
Man, it was crazy. And then our game seven that we played was the best game we played all year. We gave them nothing. We were like clinical. How, uh, like Coop, what Coop did with like how we were going to defend and forecheck and gave them nothing and ended up scoring, you know, for sure one fluky goal. Um, and then got a chance, like a fluky chance that ended up being a good goal from Platt. But Killorn's goal was just like, you need that bounce. You need, you need to get lucky to win cups and to advance in this, in the NHL. So I remember that. I remember like after the first period, I'm like, there's just no way we're losing this game. They have absolutely nothing. They have no answer. You know, Mac was hurt. He came on, I think he broke his foot and he was trying to skateboard to board and warm-ups, trying to break his own foot so it would feel better in his skate. And I'm like, we have him. We just got to lean on him a little bit and we have him. The only wild card was Hank, and then we got the fluke goal, and I'm like, it's over. We're not giving him anything. Yeah, I feel like on that other side, when, once you drag the garden crowd out, it kind of it kills everything for the Rangers. And um, one of those things in that series is Brass has a hat trick in game six in Tampa. Yeah. Going back to the garden game seven, I'm sure you guys were feeling a little nervous. And, that, and I'm once that first period happened, then you guys felt a lot better. But going in, you were probably like, shit, we might lose this game. <laughs> Well, it was just no. That was it. It was like I think they hung six on us twice, and that's yeah. We're like, what are we doing? When we try to make some of these plays that made us successful during the regular season, when teams don't have two weeks to scout us and watch us, like yeah, we're a fun group to watch. It doesn't matter now. We just need to win the game. And the fact that we were in really good shape, we had really good skaters, and and the skill guys we had really did compete. And and, and as evidenced by that, that core eventually went on to win. You know, they went, they went to four cup finals and won two of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a nasty team. Um, we just – we also could check if we wanted to. And, Co- and Coop was just, like, pleading with everyone, like, look, this is what we have to do. We'll suffocate and we'll get our – we don't need many chances. That's how much skill we have. Just do this for me. And we didn't get – I mean, they didn't get near our net. And that was, that was just in game seven. They picked us apart in game six because we're running around everywhere. We just took care of what we had to in game – seven and it was a clinic how awkward was that handshake line for you um yeah it was like i've been there it sucks like yeah. when you lose and but you know it's us or it's them and it wasn't going to be us that that time that's just how it goes and they would have uh, they would have been like hey man great series sorry mm-hmm. you know and i would have been like hey good luck and that's what they told us like hey go in one man like you know that sucks that they're out that's a long run you know that's seven series in two years for them, um, and then we should have we should have won. We should have yeah. beat Chicago. I don't know how the hell we did still, but away she goes. Yeah, I'm sure. Also, a lot of the guys I imagine were supporting you and Cali, and um, was Strawman on that team too? Or yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of former Rangers on that team, but um, you know that's again like I guess I don't know. You can't really touch on it because you played for Tampa, but. Yeah, I don't know. That series for us, just losing game seven on home ice is just – there's nothing worse than that. Game. It wasn't done really in that Hank era, right? It was like – it was an automatic, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple guys on our side were undefeated in game sevens too. So we yeah. we, uh, we tried to use it. I did a lot more talking than playing <laughs> back, but it was just like, guys, we got them. We knew they were banged up too. Did it help out bringing, you know, bringing you guys in? You guys have the garden experience. Did you kind of like – give a little bit of inside stuff to the players who hadn't really played in the garden in that pregame speech. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think at that point, I mean, you've played almost a hundred games in a season. I think we, 
you know, I, I gave as much info on certain players as I could before the whole series started. But, man, that was, it was a young team, obviously, in Tampa, but we, that was such a good team. And now, you, I mean, it was, it's Kucherov, it's Palat, Johnson. Tyler Johnson was – I mean, we don't get out of the first round without Tyler Johnson. Um, he single-handedly beat Detroit for us pretty yeah. much. He was on a tear. I mean, it was nuts. And then, you know, we had – obviously, we had Stammer. We had Bish, who was lights out. Uh, we had great D. Victor was playing out of his mind. Um, so it was just, you know, but Bish was huge because he could play the puck so well, and it took so much pressure off everybody else. I mean, Brendan Morrow in there, who had been around for a while, who's just an awesome guy and teammate. You know, Phil Pula, who had won with, with uh, Detroit. We had a lot of guys with experience, and then those young guys were just, you know, Johnny, Cooch, and, and Palat. That line was like, how do you check them? Mm-hmm. Palat will run you through the boards. Um Johnny, you can't catch, and Cooch will just dance around you. So they were was, called the Kovac, I think, at that time, right? So I think nah, they called them triplets. Triplets, triplets. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, we know you loved your time in Tampa. We could see in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gift. Yeah. The painting was a gift. <laughs> the painting was a gift, Todd. Uh, I actually – so now on the flip side of that, I, I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't ask about – Rangers Penguins 2022 that comeback. I cannot believe we lost that series. <laughs> I thought we'd win in five and we should have, or six, whatever. But we, uh, I think we outplayed the Rangers. And then, you know, they grew up in that playoff and they got better as it went on. Um, so it's not like, oh, we could have gone to the conference finals. We don't, uh, you know, I'm not an idiot, but I, I think we could have. We had a pretty good, pretty good team. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Sid got hurt with that uh, accidental Truba thing that happens often. And um, <laughs> so we, you know, that game six, I'm like, didn't really talk to anyone all day. And Sid ends up grabbing me. He goes, dude, don't, don't, do not do anything crazy. Don't do anything stupid. I was like, no, I'm not, not going to do anything. And I ran him my first shift <laughs> as hard as I could. He came, like, he he flung around his skate, cut me open like a millimeter from a tendon because he spun around so hard I hit him. I mean, he pops right back up. My toe gets stuck in the boards, and I tore my meniscus. It's the only shift I had that game. Oh, my God. And his last shift of my career. And um, wow. I was like, I should have listened to Sid on that one. Um, <laughs> that sicko was trying to play. He was like, I'm good. I don't know. Like, he was trying to play, and they wouldn't let him, uh, which obviously – you can't let him play. Uh, he's got a bit of a history, but he he's like – he was on another planet in that series too. And, um, you know, you just – again, the bounces, the luck. Like, Louie played his heart out, but, it, you know, Jari was the reason we were as good as we were. He's, he's a, I think, unhealthy and elite goalie in the league. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. He's he's nasty. people, But, you know, he gets hurt, so people don't really – he plays through injuries. He's a, he's a tough bastard and – He's a competitor, but yeah, I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't our time and they were very opportunistic. They had a number of guys that wanted to play, um, make plays at the right time, just how, how it went down. And then, you, you know, your big money guy scores an overtime game seven winner. It's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I was in a, <laughs> I was in a hotel next to a hospital and I was going to at 6am to get my knee surgery done watching it. Jeez. And uh, my wife, who my whole family stayed back, 
my wife called me and I like almost didn't answer the phone. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I, I have to hang up now. I couldn't talk <laughs> about it. I couldn't believe it. Cause part of me was probably like, I'm going for knee surgery. You know, I had a pretty good year. I wanted to keep playing. Um, but I knew like it might not happen. So I was just like, is it over now? And it was tough, man. It was really tough. Yeah. I mean, you definitely made a, a career for yourself now too in media though. I mean, if you can just touch on that a little bit, I mean, you're a natural on camera. Give me do more. Stuff this year? Yeah. I'll go back to the network and do, uh, some, some more dates. Uh, you know, we kind of go one month at a time. I put my dates in for October. I got September off. Uh, it's not a ton of programming and I have, uh, I got a lot of work to do here <laughs> <laughs> with the twins, but um, yeah, I'm coaching and, and helping with them doing some skill stuff too with kids. If they want to kind of a different voice, um, I'm partnering with my buddy who's done it for a while and I'll, I'll do some skills around here just, um, but I was at the rink, you know, once a week this summer with the kids, I bought an hour of ice for them just to go and play with no coaches and, as long as they didn't beat each other up, they just played on. And I think that's more important for them than people telling them how to do C cuts and <laughs> defensive zone stuff. I think you should wow. just throw the puck out and let them go. Um, the TV stuff. Yeah. I'd like to, I, I really do enjoy it. Um, it's just being around the game. I'd like to get better at it because it's now it's, I guess what I'm doing. So I want to be better at it. And, um, it's different. It's not like Torch is telling you what to do. Uh, it's harder to get the criticism, um, but you know, I'm trying and it's been fun. I'm really lucky. I'm happy that they reached out the NHL network, uh, to, to have that chance because it get, keeps me involved and it kind of scratches that itch and, you know, it's not easy, but I, I, I love it. Before we let you go here, I got one more question. What was your favorite perk of playing for the Rangers? <laughs> you know what? So, you could you could pretty much get in to any restaurant like any hour and uh and no one really knew who you were the restaurant did and they did they let us in so we kind of got the those kind of perks and benefits without like it's not Brad Pitt walking in like yeah. paparazzi swarming them so you're under the radar but you get the benefits it was uh you know and just like we all went to dinner we all hung up we all did everything together. It was like, that's, it sounds like every team does that. Like that team did it more than a lot of teams. And, mm. um, that, that was like, that was the coolest part. We're all in that together. We all know how tough it can be. And then if anyone was feeling a little sensitive, uh, they didn't get any sympathy. It was, it was, <laughs> I'll tell you one quick one. Like Hank, you might've heard this story, but Hank, he got a, a Lamborghini. No, no. And, uh, <laughs> And he had it detailed. And he says he didn't tell the guy to do this, but he shows up and, you know, Lamborghini, they're cursive on the back. It says Lamborghini. I don't he shows drive up to practice. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take you outside and show you my driveway. Uh, <laughs> he, he, we go into practice and it's someone saw it and they're like, did a double take and it doesn't say Lamborghini. It says Lundqvist. <laughs> No. <laughs> but, like, out comes the white hockey tape, and we're putting it on everyone's car. We're writing in print big letters our names on our own car. <laughs> and we're beeping at Hank, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and he comes in the next day, and he's like, how come everyone picks on me? How come everyone? 
Like, shut up. Yeah. And then, like, two days later, it said Lamborghini on his back. It was kind of <laughs> 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 like, hey, nice car, hey? Did you get that That's detail? so good. Oh, that's um, unbelievable. And, like, we don't go anywhere without Hank. We, we As a team, as a, you know, you know, he was a great guy taking us out for dinner. Like, we, you know, he carried us on his back a lot of times as a team on the ice. He's the greatest dude ever. He's the hardest working guy I've ever played with. He's the man. Um, how everyone speaks about him and what you think is, is, you know, probably true because that's how awesome Hank is. But like, you're not, you're not getting away with that. And that was just kind of a little example on how we just kind of kept each other in check. It's just a great team to be on. I, I guess, I guess my last one, who was like the biggest under the radar guy that was like, you know, super fun to hang out with away from the rink that maybe isn't talked about as much as a, a Hank would be. Oh man. I mean, they're all like, we had like, it's so much fun. Like Frosty, DZ, Stalzy's like Stalzy's one of the funniest people. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Danny G too. Danny G would talk to himself during the game. <laughs> and you'd have to like you have to be up a few goals, but in the third he'd like break something up, make a play, and he'd like do this and he, and you could hear him telling himself like <laughs> Oh yeah, you trying to get by me, man? Like not today, buddy. <laughs> it was like, what the hell is going on with this guy? Um, the funniest dude ever. And, you know, we had Derek Stepan, he worried a lot. So we kind of gave it to him for worrying. Uh, he was like four and a half seconds late for a car service to get out to the island. He's like sweating the whole way there. He five, <laughs> hit five points that night. Like, it, it was like, oh, dude, it was so. Hags was the man, like, nicest dude ever. Like, just flowing locks. Hockey was easy for him. Mm-hmm. Brass was a beauty. Get, getting him in, we, we flew him in and Johnny Moore. Endorse it in on a helicopter, I guess, to the guard, and then a police escort when we traded for him. And and and, and Brass is like going around the room shaking everyone's hand. We're about to go out for warm up. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. Go get dressed. We'll do this. In, <laughs> we'll do this in 16 minutes. Like, yeah. you know. Um, but guy, it was just it was such a great mix of dudes. That's the Girardi awesome. thing's funny. We've actually been talking to him a little bit about coming on. We're gonna have to send him that clip to have him come on and defend oh, himself. Oh, he, he like. He's so funny. He's like one of the funniest dudes ever. (laughs) All time. Well, Brian, we really want to thank you for taking the time to do this. And, uh, you know, obviously don't want to take up too much of your time here with what you got going on at home. We know how hectic it could probably be, but thank you again, seriously, so much. And, uh, you know, hope to cross paths with you this season. Yeah, I I think I'll be around. I'll be down at the the garden a little bit too, I think. Hopefully doing some alumni stuff because – I haven't been back. Uh, I went to a practice, but I want to bring my boy down, my eight-year-old. He's dying to go. So we'll be down there. I'm in the mix. I'll be in Secaucus, too. So there we go. We'll see you. Look forward to it. I appreciate you guys having me on, yeah. too. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Good stuff. Really want to thank Brian Boyle for hopping on. We had him on for like almost an hour. Some unbelievable stories and super cool just kind of hearing his perspective on his time in New York. I know Ranger fans loved him. I don't know many Ranger fans that didn't like him when he was here. So I just want to thank him one more time. Cody, got any final thoughts before we wrap it up for the weekend? No, he's a great dude. I I wish I could have uh, been part of that interview. Um, But uh, yeah, no, LFGR.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.